consumer experiences, major disruptors, and AI tech are shaping healthcare for years to come. On Hello Healthcare, we dive deep on those issues with leaders who are driving change. I'm Chris Hemphill, your host of Hello Healthcare, and we hope that these stories will help you to create or demand a better future in healthcare. Our first two seasons of Hello Healthcare are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our conversations with some of healthcare's most well-respected leaders in marketing, business strategy, data science, and much more. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, healthcare. We are excited to be joined again with Alan Shoebridge to talk about building a team during a talent crisis in healthcare. This is a subject that Alan has spoken impressively on. Actually, there's another conversation that we had, five steps of patient activation. It was extremely impressive when I asked Alan about like how to manage the workforce during COVID. And the first thing that he focused on as a healthcare marketer, what should we be focusing on as we're navigating through the ups and downs of COVID? The first point that Alan brought up was on the personal mental health of the team, on taking care of, on taking care of yourself. So I, I love it when we can get away from heady concepts and really focus in on everybody who's fueling the, the progress that we're aiming for, focusing on ourselves and on, on our teams and our people. So I thought it would be a, a, a great uh, conversation to have with Alan. Alan is currently leading as the Chief Communications Officer for Providence, Oregon, and has a storied history at large health systems and small health systems. I, I love that kind of diversity and experience because it, it, it allows us to talk about this and think about it from, from uh, many angles. But he's been at uh, a Director of Marketing, uh, of Marketing and Communications at Salinas Valley Health System. He's been in leadership roles at Kaiser Permanente. So lots of uh, background and history for, for Alan, but just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about your background and why here. Thank you. Well, you know, I think you talked about it a little bit. Talent and people are the greatest asset we have. You know, the greatest asset we have is organizations, as leaders. And we've really been in this crisis mode for two and a half years. And there's been ebbs and flows. And I think during times when you get more of a chance to think strategically or take a step back, that is where you really have to concentrate on developing yourself, developing your team. And as soon as we started stepping out of, I think, the COVID crisis, and things got a little better. Now, we're not out of the woods totally, you know that. But then we were hit with a really big staffing crisis, you know. So we're going through that. And, you know, I think it's happening on a large scale in healthcare systems. We're seeing with nurses and providers. Maybe not so much in the, in the marketing communication teams themselves. But you always need to think about how you retain people, how you have give people a good experience, how you work on their development. And so, again, it's, I think we're looking at the broader crisis staffing, you know, throughout the organization and throughout the industry, we've got to be thinking about our own teams too and how we get them, you know, motivated, engaged. And we really think about the retention because I think right now you don't want to have to be scrambling to look for team members. It's going to be hard. And, and so really you want to look at the team you have, making sure you've got the right people doing the right things and that they're engaged and they're motivated. So we're talking about the uh, the staffing challenges on the clinician and the nurse and physician side, but I'm curious on the administration side too. With the great resignation, how would you say that you've seen a uh, uh, seen seen a great problem with that on the administrative side as well, or what's your perspective there? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, people use the term "great resignation," but I've also heard people talk about it as the great reshuffling, mm -hmm. because even looking at my journey, you know, 
less than a year ago, I was working at a different healthcare system, got a job somewhere else, I moved. I mean, I don't know if you'd count me as a resignation. I think you'd count me as sort of a reshuffle, you know, going for a different opportunity, you know, opportunity to, you know, lead a different type of team, things like that. I think that's how, that is happening a lot. And so you are getting a lot of movement. And I think even on the clinical space, you'll get people who they're leaving one system to go to another, or maybe they're going to go work for a new entrant, a startup in the healthcare or something. So there's a lot of movement. I don't think people are necessarily move, leaving the industry entirely. They're just sort of reshuffling. And so there is a real competition for talent. And I think that a top priority, I mean, the top priority for people as leaders should always be retaining your team and growing your team. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think the consequences of not doing a good job of that are harsher now than they've probably been in the last 10 years. Because if you lose three or four people off of a 10-person team, it might take you a better part of the year to find replacements. And frankly, a lot of the best talent might already be gone. So I think you know there's some real high stakes for leaders right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you need to think about like, focusing on that development now when you have the chance to do it. So I can imagine a lot of organizations, a lot of leadership, like we know that folks are... They might be leaving, but they're they're going to another organization. So one loss is another's game, but there's still a lot of training time, cultural integration that comes with that. And uh, one thing that you, that you mentioned earlier is that retention should be a priority. So when it comes to even in the the issue of a reshuffle, where are organizations missing the mark that that are causing people to reshuffle at a, a higher rate? Well, right now, one thing that I think is a challenge is this whole question of what kind of working environment do you offer. Is it remote? Is it hybrid? Is it everyone's back in the office? I know all industries are going through that, but I think you know for healthcare, for the better part of a year and a half, two years, a lot of administrative teams, marketing communications teams, people are all remote. And the staff really likes that. It does raise some questions about engagement and visibility and things like that, but no one's really climbing to go back to the office full-time uh, in most cases. And we're seeing this tension of a lot of leaders, and this does get to maybe a generational question that we can talk about, about wanting to have everyone come back. Well, I need to see everyone. I need, I need to have everyone in the office. And you hear stories of people coming to the office and they go into their space and they sit on Zoom calls all day and they're like, why am I here? So those are the sort of questions I think leaders need to ask themselves about, you know, what am I going to ask the team to do? What things do they enjoy that potentially might be a takeaway if we change our policy? And, you know, if we make the working environment uncomfortable or something they don't like, well, you know, going to leave and work for a fully remote startup might look really attractive to that employee who's enjoying working for your organization, but they want to keep their remote or hybrid role. So I know that's a huge subject, but that's a big one right now for that retention piece. Yeah, and that's a great point. I've actually, like, working in the vendor space and the, the technology space, I've, I've seen migration because of those reasons. People really interested in working for a company that offers remote opportunities, which makes me wonder, what is the resistance at leadership levels to having remote or hybrid environments? I think there's a few things. And one is, frankly, you know, again, I'll use a generational example. If you're a leader and you're probably going to be in the late millennial, Gen X, early boomer type space, right? How you grew up and how you probably rose was in the office. I mean, you were probably very visible for most of your career. When you received your promotions, you did it in the office environment. And so there's that piece of just like, that's the way it's done. And that's the way I developed as a a leader. It was through that thing. So that's a bias that some people have. I think it can be hard to overcome that. The other piece is that there's a goodwill thing. A development path does happen with a lot of in-person interaction. Like, you know, if I have an employee who's fully remote, you know, I could be losing a lot of opportunities to engage them, to have discussions, to really have that sort of like, you know, impromptu time, which is valuable. And there are some good questions that are being debated about 
well, how does someone sort of put themselves on a path to promotion and recognition if you if you don't see them that often? So that's that's kind of a good faith effort. And then there's a third category, which I think is not so good, which is just people who want to control the environment. They feel like I need to see the staff. If I don't see the staff, they're not working. How can I trust them? You know, and I've seen a lot of content on LinkedIn lately of people who got me back in the office five days a week and there's no value to you know being remote. And that's a big disconnect from what employees value. More and more of people, and I think there are in, the, in my cohort of like the Gen X, Boomer, you got to be back in the office five days a week. You're never going to get recognized if you're not visible. And I think that misses that there's been a shift in expectations for the employees. And they're wondering why do I need to come back if I'm doing a good job? So we're going to have to meet in the middle somewhere. And this is going to take some time to, to play out. I think we're still a good year, year and a half to figure out like what is the best way to run this? And how do we kind of balance all these different perspectives? Because again, there's some legitimate questions if, you know, again, if you're fully remote and your leader's back in the office and maybe some of your colleagues are back in the office, well, that might be more difficult for you to stand out and get recognized. So there are legitimate questions. I just think the worst aspect to approach it from is I don't see people, they're not getting work done. That's that's a bad perspective. And I'll defend that as being a bad perspective uh, forever. <laughs> Hello Healthcare is brought to you by Actium Health. Healthcare leaders use Actium's CRM intelligence to drive patient volume by activating patients and driving meaningful engagement. Our AI-driven solution makes patient outreach simple and easy by identifying and predicting patient needs. Learn more at actiumhealth.com. And now, back to the show. Even I didn't mention the people that like come to us, but like based on wanting remote environments, there's actually the other side where people who might be younger in their careers and seeking that recognition and seeking that visibility feel that they'll do better in an office environment. So even in the younger uh, age cohorts, I've seen it to where people are, are, are have been interested in going to a space where they can be back in the office too. I think that I think it, it does vary and it varies by the individual. And the challenging thing for leaders is to figure out. What, how much structure do people need? Uh, how much do I want to mandate versus letting people kind of figure it out on their own? And, you know, again, like how prescriptive do you want to be about it? Uh, and that's where the shaking out piece comes because my worst fear is saying, oh, everyone has to be back in the office, you know, three days a week, but then they get there and house people aren't there or they're still stuck on the, the Zoom calls and they're wondering like, why am I here? So you got to figure out the right environment. Uh, but I just think we have to acknowledge that the landscape has changed. People were able to work for more than a year and a half remote and the productivity was higher than ever. So we don't have a productivity problem, but we might have kind of an engagement challenge and, and, and a career development path challenge that, you know, you've got to work harder as a leader to engage a remote team and find opportunities for people. And as an employee, I think you've got to figure out a way to, to stand out a little bit too if you're fully remote. So there's some challenges there on the engagement front, but I think we are seeing that people value being able to have more flexibility in their schedule and hardly anyone misses their commutes to work. And, you know, so that, that part of people like, they want to keep that, that life balance. I will say this though, I've seen a lot of rhetoric lately around people feel like the only way to move up is to move out. And that's a shame to yeah. hear. What are some other aspects that you're thinking might be causing this reshuffling? Well, probably a little bit too. It's just the sure amount of opportunities that are available. I mean, this is a, right now, this is an employee's market. So, you know, as someone looking for a job, you have a lot of opportunities to choose from. There's a lot of openings. There's a record number of openings. So 
there's more opportunity than there's ever been. So I think that probably leads a lot of people to look too, you know? And, you know, in our industry in healthcare, there's more interest in the field than ever. So yeah, you have your traditional uh, health systems and clinics, things you can work for. But now you've got a lot of startups, you've got a lot of uh, capital being invested. There's more opportunity in our industry, there's more jobs just in general, and that's gonna drive a lot. Uh, why not look if you're if you're thinking about it now? You know, some of these some people might be passive lookers where they enjoy where they're looking, they enjoy where they're working, but they want to take a look at what's out there. Um, and again, right now, this moment of time, there's never been more openings, and that's another risk, I think, for leaders to think about. Again, why you want to make the environment good, why you want to focus on retention, because your team's got a lot of opportunities. Even if they like you, if they like the, the organization, they might get recruited away. So you gotta be gotta be cognizant of that. I'd like to zoom in and just hit on a personal level. We'd be okay if you, if you don't want to answer or include this question. But your previous employer, is there anything that they could have done to present your shuffle? Yeah, well, I don't think so. Um, Again, I really liked where I, and I, I just, I won't even narrow it down to one player, but every time I've made a move and from place to place, I really haven't had a, you know, like bad experience. I just want to get out of there. But I've been focused on thinking about what is the next growth opportunity for me? You know, certain organizations just have more paths. They're larger, there's more places you can go. So you might find yourself in a position like I've had a few times where I like where I'm working, I like the people, it's a good environment, but there's just not the future paths. And also, depending on people's own comfort level, I've been comfortable with moving locations too. Even though I think my wife's about ready to kill me, she's like, let's stop moving around. But you know, if you're open to that, that opens up a whole new world too. And so, you know, often if you can find the right blend of a great place to live with somewhere that as an employer that got a lot of opportunity for you, that's perfect. And I think that. For me, it was, you know, kind of motivated a few of my moves over the years, just marrying that up. Great environment, great place to live, uh, and a great path for, you know, future development. So we've talked about future development, career paths, remote versus hybrid environments, things like that. Knowing that these issues are coming into the fold, what are you seeing healthcare leaders doing to, to address the turnover and reshuffling? Well, you know, part of it is just acknowledging. I think we have to step back for one second and just acknowledge what people have been through for the last year. So again, I don't think there's been a time where people have been more stressed out, worked harder, had higher productivity, dealt with more crises in healthcare than the last year. And so part of it for me going into leading a new team was actually encouraging people. Like we're in a little bit of a, a lull here. Take time off. Take Fridays off. Yeah. Like simple things like that. Like making sure like let's recharge a little bit because... We don't know how long this is going to last. So I think leaders should encourage their team to do that. You know, like, of course, you got to balance your staffing needs, but encourage people to use their time off now um, while they can. Encourage people to spend some time thinking about education and opportunities they want to pursue um, because we're going to, at some point, get thrown back into another crisis or whatever. And so use this time to maximize it. And uh, I think that self-care piece is really important. And even I did something, it's just small, but... You know, I stopped scheduling meetings on Fridays unless they're an emergency. In my line in communication, there can be an emergency and we have to have a meeting, so that happens. But I don't have staff one-on-ones. I don't have department meetings. I don't ask people for meetings. I'll go to them if someone sends me something and again, it's important. But I've noticed that's just taken down. That one action of just not scheduling that day has reduced my stress level. It's reduced the team stress level. You know, for when I first came in, I realized there was two kind of one-on-ones instead on Fridays. And I just step back and like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't want to have a meeting on Friday. They don't want to have a meeting on Friday. Why don't we just concentrate on getting some work done and, or just recharging ourselves? And like that simple step, again, took the pressure off some of the team, took the pressure off me. And 
I think that's the kind of thing that leaders can look at and just ask themselves, why am I doing it this way? And is there some way that I could do it that would have a lesser impact on me or the team? That's a simple step I think everyone could do. Earlier, you brought up differences by generation on uh, response to remote work. And we're, we're talking about these other things, such as career path development and other asks that might influence people's desire to stay, influence retention. I'm just wondering, especially, you know, having written the book on Generation X, and which was more broadly about addressing generational differences in healthcare, what if we apply that same lens to our uh, employee relationships? Like, what would you see as far as, like, what should we be aware of by generational guidelines? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, going back to a few of the points you talked about earlier, too, is respecting what experiences people have had. So, you know, again, we're seeing sort of Gen Z enter the workplace. Now they're 25 and younger, but they're starting to come into entry-level roles. Well, they may have only had an experience working remotely. They may value that really highly. They probably do. So that's something you need to be thinking about with those employees. With people who have been in the workforce a long time, they're Gen X, they're boomers, you know, they have a different approach to healthcare or working and their environment. So I think a lot of it is just thinking about the experiences they've had. And the most important thing, though, is to really... You know, generations are kind of a guide, but you need to have individual conversations because I found that when I returned to uh, Providence, you know, I didn't really know what people were going to want in terms of working environment. I had an individual conversation with everyone on my team, and you couldn't really put it in a box and say, well, all the Gen X and baby boomers want to come back into the office, and all the millennials and Gen Z don't have any interest. Well, that really wasn't what I found. I found it's much more nuanced, it's much more kind of catered to the individual. So it's very likely that you might have a again, a boomer or a Gen Xer in your team who prior to COVID, they worked in the office all the time. They started working remotely and they liked it. So again, it's, it's a lot of flexibility. And I found a lot of, if there's any place where I think generations do have a lot of uh, consistency and similarity, it's in what they want in their work. They want respect. They want somewhere that they can align to uh, the goals and vision of an organization. They want a boss that listens to them. Those are the things that matter. And they really are very consistent. I've seen this in research, very consistent um, from generation to generation. So you have to focus on those things. And then I think you need to, again, kind of respect where the individual members of your team have been and what their generations have seen. But then have those individual conversations to find out what really matters to people. That's a good point, because uh, if we could just peg it down by generation, then that would be a very massive easy button. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, everybody in, oh, if you're born in this age range, then you automatically like that. But obviously not the case. Well, and you kind of, I think we often use the generations for as like broad guidelines and not very specific, you know, because you're going to say, well, again, baby boomers and Gen Xers, they had similar experiences coming up in the workplace. And that will probably inform that that group might be harder to move to a different approach to work than, say, the Gen Z or really younger millennials. There might be more resistance. So you have to go into it thinking that, but you do need those individual conversations because you know, you're going to find individual members of a generation who don't always fit the larger narrative. You know? So you do have to have those personal personal touches. And that's, again, that's what a good leader would do. You need to go in and talk to people. And then you need to kind of balance your philosophy as a leader was what the team wants and needs and come up with a good approach. I think that this has been a really excellent look into just a lot of things concerning like how to build these teams, how to navigate this environment where there is a talent shortage, but there's also the opportunity to retain people by making certain types of changes. We've talked about a lot of things like response to crisis marketing and how to get started on certain activities. For the folks that want to continue to have those kind of conversations, where can they find you? So I post a lot on LinkedIn. So look me up on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter fairly often. Those are the best places. I also have a website. My name is where I have blog posts. So I'm pretty easy to find. And I love having conversations and 
getting reactions and, and hearing from others because that's how you learn and develop. So I enjoy that part of it as well. Well, fantastic. And that, again, appreciate you coming to the show and, and being transparent about your journey. For the folks who've uh, who stuck around with us and enjoyed this conversation, until we see you next time, hello. Thanks again for tuning into Hello Healthcare. If you like what you heard, we appreciate a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You and your feedback fuel us. This conversation is brought to you by Actium Health. To get the latest on what these healthcare leaders are saying, find us at hellohealthcare.com and subscribe. Thank you. And when we see you next time, hello.